Hello and welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and today we are talking about medications for anxiety and depression with Kim Light. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm super excited about today's episode and interview with Kim Light. She's so sweet and kind, and I hope you guys enjoy learning from her, and I hope that the information that she shares with you guys is helpful. So here is the interview. Let's get into this. Hello, you guys. Welcome to the podcast today. I am so unbelievably excited for today's episode. We have Kim Light on the podcast. She's joining me today. And I was actually really nervous to ask her to come on the podcast, but I did. And she said, yes, you guys. And I'm so grateful for her in my life. She's taught me so much. And I I'm so grateful that she's here on the podcast today to share with us her wisdom and her knowledge. So Kim, why don't you just start out and tell us a little bit about yourself? Will do. Um, I'm Kim Light. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I've been practicing for almost 25 years um, with all ages. I was initially a pediatric nurse and just fell in love with helping people with psychiatric symptoms and concerns. All ages, like I said, I've seen a lot of children, adolescents over the years struggling with depression, anxiety, ADHD symptoms, and I really enjoy helping people. And she's really good at it, you guys. She's very, very good at helping people. So the main purpose in having you on here today is to kind of just help us understand medication, what the myths about taking medication for depression, anxiety, ADHD, those kind of things. And, um, I just, I hear from a lot of people, they just don't want to take medication. I feel like it has just such a negative connotation assigned with it. And so I want you to kind of help us to understand a little bit more about what taking medication really means for somebody and how it can be a good thing. And you're the expert on that, right? Well, I'd like to think so. (laughs) I have a lot of experience. Yeah, you do have a lot of experience. Okay. One of the questions I get, and let's just start out with this question is how do you know if you're actually depressed or if you're just really sad? Yeah. So when I talk with people, um, during appointments, we really explore what are the causes. Um, if, if someone's feelings of depression or low mood sadness are appropriate to a situation, that's what we really want. You know, we want people to feel things the way they should and be able to move through their experience and their feelings well. But if someone is feeling worse or lower than they should, or the mood is not lifting, then we look at that as a depression that we need to to help them with. Okay. So if your animal dies that you love so much, then really it's appropriate to feel depressed and sad, right? Absolutely. Okay. And then if, if everything in your life is, I don't know what the word I would use to describe this. Okay. And you still feel depressed. Is there like a certain time frame you should go with feeling that until you're like, okay, I need to get medication or I need to reach out for help. What's kind of the timeline on that? Well, if people feel like they're doing what they can, you know, um, obviously, living a healthy lifestyle, getting out and doing things with friends, the things that you usually do to help yourself feel better. If that's not working, then it's a good idea to speak with a professional at that time. 
Okay. All right. And do you, do you recommend like starting therapy first or starting medication first? What do you think about that? It's very individual. Um, both are very important. Um, I do recommend starting a medication if symptoms are distressing, the interfering in life's activities, enjoying activities, or even feeling well enough to participate in them. Um, sometimes people don't really realize how much better they should be feeling, you know, if they've felt that way for so long, especially people with anxiety, um, you know, don't really realize that everybody doesn't feel that way. And so oftentimes when people do start medication, I hear them say, oh, I didn't realize that this is how I should be feeling, that I'm enjoying things the way I should, or that things aren't so difficult. But um, oftentimes if it's situationally caused, even if it's, you know, something that should cause some anxiety or help you that you feel down, working with a therapist initially is a good way to start. But oftentimes then therapists will say, you know, we need a little more help here. It's time to start a medication. And my goals uh, for people is that they feel appropriate to things, not to have more anxiety than they should, not to have um, a lower mood when they shouldn't, um, to have appropriate feeling though with things. So sometimes a little bit of anxiety gets us going and it's, and it's appropriate. Like, you know, when we have finals coming up in school, but if it's, if it's interfering in enjoyment and doing things, it's, it's too much. Yeah. So if it's, it's keeping us from living our lives and enjoying our lives, then it's probably a little bit too much. Exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes we can change that situation with just like not doing something or like, you know, taking something off of our plate. But if there's like a point where there's nothing really to take off our plate and we're still not feeling great, then I think that's, I I guess I've just been at that point where I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can take off my plate and I still don't feel good. Maybe I should get some extra help. Right. Yeah. We don't want to give someone medication if they really need to make a change in their life. Yeah. Then make that change instead. How do you know that somebody is ready for medication? If someone, um, if things, if everybody's doing the best they can, you know, working, making good decisions as far as situations, and symptoms are still significant. Again, you know, having decreased motivation, decreased interest in doing things, um, not enjoying things they used to enjoy, or anxiety being so significant that they are avoiding activities or not enjoying them, then it's a good idea to speak with somebody professionally. Yeah. So I run into a lot of parents and girls who sometimes I recommend, you know, we're not making progress on this. Like, we're kind of really holding on to the same thoughts and our brain's just not willing to alter what we're thinking. Maybe sometimes, maybe it's a good idea to try some medication and there's always a fear of, of trying the medication. And I think one of the biggest fears that I hear about is the, the side effects of what medication, what can happen with medications. What do you say to people who are worried about side effects? One of the things I say um, is that you may not have side effects at all, but with the medications we use, say for anxiety and depression, there can be some side effects in the beginning that I call adjustment side effects. Those would usually be mild and they will go away. If they don't go away, then we need to make a change. You know, we, I never want anybody to go on, even if it's working well for their mood or anxiety and to have ongoing side effects. And, and whenever I talk with someone about medication, about starting a medication, I always give them an 
idea of what those side effects could be while they're adjusting. And we also always start the medication low and titrate up to a therapeutic dose so that those side effects in the beginning should be minimal, if at all. Um, and again, then, you know, watch that, that they will go away. And if they don't, then we need to make a change. Another, another fear I hear about medication is once I start medication, then am I going to be on it for the rest of my life? Yeah, I know that's a big fear and, and understandably. So, um, so these medications that we use for say depression and anxiety are not addictive and that's really good for people to know. Um, they do correct a chemical imbalance. That said, depression and anxiety are not curable. If someone has the predisposition for that, we can't cure it, but we can help correct that chemical imbalance. People work to get some good, learn some good tools, you know, work with a therapist or a life coach to, to learn um, how to manage their life better, organizational skills. And that usually is helpful. Eating well, exercise, getting enough sleep is, is very important. And then once somebody's doing really well, then the plan would be at some point to wean the medication away. If we wean the medication away, like somebody went on it, it's easy to get off of. Um, we can do it and we wean off slowly enough so that there wouldn't be any withdrawal side effects or anything like that. So there's no reason for anybody to think because they've taken it, that they're more likely to need it later. One of the really important things for people to know is that if you treat that chemical imbalance, your brain is going to be healthier and do better down the road. You're not more likely to need it later because you took it now. And that's important to people. So anxiety and depression are not curable, but they are treatable. Right. And, okay. and if it's situational, if you have a situation that is so significant that it can cause a chemical imbalance, then we can correct that imbalance, get that situation under control or, you know, work through it and then wean the medication away and then that chemistry would stay the same. Sometimes people have genetically caused anxiety and depression. And so the, the medication helps, it's treatable, but it may or may not need to continue. All right, got it. That's a really, really good clarification. I guess I kind of think of it like uh, my son who wears glasses and contacts. Like we, we can't like cure his vision, but we can treat it, right? That, yeah, that's a good analogy. Okay. All right. One of the other things I hear is if I have to take medication, does that mean I'm weak because I can't fix things on my own? Yeah, I know that's a worry too. Um, anxiety and depression can be inherited. We can inherit the predisposition just like we can inherit the color of our eyes. And, and we can't help that. You know, we have no control over what we inherit. And we also don't always have control over our experiences and things that happen in our lives. But we can control what we do about it, the choices that we make to help ourselves get better. You know, sometimes I think of it like, you know, or kind of like, you know, like with your son wearing glasses, or if we throw somebody into the swimming pool with their hands tied behind their back, they're trying to swim, but they don't have all the tools they need to do it. So if we correct the chemical imbalance and the medica medication helps, then people are able to make the choices that they want to make to live a better life. What if you're taking medication and it's not working for you? Anytime a medication like this is started, people should continue to be seen in appointments regularly to talk about, you know, of course, if there are side effects that need to be taken, you know, we need to do something about that. And also to make sure it's working right. 
you know, um, people don't always know what expectations they should have from the medication, or they're glad that they're feeling better, but maybe they're still not right where they should be. So always want to check in with their professional that's prescribing the medication and make sure it's working the way it should and that they don't have side effects. Let's say I'm a teen. All right. And I've been depressed. I'm doing everything that I can do and I'm exercising. I'm eating healthy. I'm getting outside. I am connecting with friends, all the things. And then I just still feel depressed. What do you, and I know, I know it's kind of hard for a teen to like go to their parents and be like, Hey, I'm feeling depressed. Mom, I'm trying all these things. I think maybe medication might be a good option for me. That's really, really hard. That's really hard to do. Right. So what would you say to teens who are kind of in that situation where they maybe think that medication may be helpful for them, but they're afraid to take the next step or they don't know how to take the next step? I would say a a good first step would be just to have an appointment and just talk about things. Um, You know, just, and, and it's important for people to know just because they go in and have an initial evaluation or initial appointment, it doesn't mean that medication would be started if it wasn't the right first step. So just having a conversation, talking through everything, having plenty of time to talk about feelings and what's going on in life would be the first step. And then, and then talk about different options of what to do. And I think it's also important that people know, um, I know in, in my appointments, I like to work as a team with my patients. And so I throw out what, I, what my recommendations, these are different options. These are different options that all would be appropriate. And um, we work together to, you know, to, to make, you know, it, it's ultimately, it's, it's the patient's decision. They just need to have the information so that they can make informed decisions. Okay. So just even just making the appointment to see if it's even a right thing for you. That's a Absolutely. good starting place. And just get some information on what that would look like, you know, getting more information about medication or if medication isn't the right option, um, working with a a good therapist. Earlier on in the podcast, you were talking about how when people are anxious or depressed and they've felt that way for so long, a lot of times they don't even know that there is a different option or a different way to feel I'm not like going to write this down and say like, this is hard truth right here. But in, in your opinion, what would you say a normal teenager should be feeling? Um, Well, one of the things that I see when I worry about teens not feeling the way they should would be withdrawing socially. You know, obviously as, as you know, kids get to preteen and teenage, they want to be with friends. You know, they're not wanting to hang around with their family all the time. That said, we don't want teens to be in their room all the time either. But when I see teen or hear teens withdrawing from friends or um, losing interest in activities that they used to enjoy or um, grades are falling and they've typically been good students, things like that are, are signs that the teens need, need some help, need to work with someone. So some warning signs might be like you're isolating in your room, you're withdrawing from friends, you don't really want to be with anybody. Say grades, social withdrawal, losing interest in things and activities, and just overall low motivation and and oftentimes decreased energy. Okay. So if you're, you're feeling those things or having those characteristics in your life, 
we would kind of say, and, and I agree with you. That's why I'm saying we, we, we would say, Hey, maybe this isn't a typical normal teen situation. And maybe we kind of need to offer you some help or, you know, have you talk to somebody? Absolutely. How do you think, and this is, this is a really big one that I see in teens is how do you think isolating ourselves, just the action of isolating ourselves in our bedrooms affects our mental health. I I think people don't do as well when they're not actively engaged in activities, um, too much time in our head thinking, because sometimes we can catastrophize, we can make a situation worse by overthinking it. And I think, you know, if we have too much time like that, that's what people can tend to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't make us feel good. (laughs) Okay. So anything else that you're like, Hey, your listeners need to know this. I would love to share this with your listeners. Well, I would say, um, it's important for people to know that if they're suffering with symptoms, not to be afraid to speak up, um, and work with someone that will really listen to them and hear their concerns and hear what they, what their outcomes, their desired outcomes. Um, and that if people work with someone who's professional and well-trained, um, you know, someone who has the specialized training and experience and can make the right diagnosis, that's really important. They really don't have anything to lose because getting that treatment will help improve the quality of life so that people can get out and make better decisions, do better, be more successful, and overall have a better outcome later on. And another thing is, is like, I want to tell the listeners is there are people like Kim that can help you. Like there are people who's this is their profession, helping teens with anxiety and depression and ADHD and OCD and all those kinds of things. All right. They do it because they love it. Am I right, Kim? Absolutely. I love, I love working in this field. It's very, very rewarding to see people feel better. You guys, it's not Kim's job to judge her clients or be like, there's something wrong with you. Really. It's her job to take in a patient and evaluate to understand and really help them to help you guys to live a better life. If you are suffering with some of those mental symptoms. Yeah. You know, people, when people come to us, they're, they're asking for help and and that's what we need to do. We need to give people help and, and, and understanding and support for sure. Yeah. And thank you for all that you do. You're amazing and wonderful. And I know from personal experience, you guys, that Kim helps out a lot of people. Now you're in Arizona, correct? Yep. I am. I have an office in Scottsdale. Okay. And so you only practice in Arizona. So if teens are living in Arizona and they felt like they wanted some help with you, how could they find you? Um, I have a website. Um, it's Kim light L E I G H T P C.com. And there's a lot of information on the website about me and my contact. Okay. All right. No, thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so glad to have you on here. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. If you are interested in any of my coaching programs for teens or their parents, check out my website, knowingup.com. That's K N O W I N G U P.com. 